How's everybody sound? One, two, one, two. Tommy has a sound for you. Oh, sounds good. Oh, Tommy. Oh. Tommy's got a... <laughs> Tommy, you may have... The, well, welcome to the Eric Lang Show, Tommy. Thank you. Thank you very much. I think uh, our guest today, Tommy Chong, you, you may have the best voice that's ever graced this microphone oh, setup. Oh, wow. Thank you. That's a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. You're feeling very relaxed. We're in your living room. Yeah. When, when I was a kid, I used to practice uh, my, my telephone voice. Because I, uh, back in the day, you know, we had a thing called telephones. You know, <laughs> landlines, you know, where you'd have a phone in each house would have its own telephone. Right. And then we would get on the phone and talk to girls. <laughs> and uh, Crazy idea. And so you had, uh, I had my low voice, so it's a lot bigger. I was like, what, I guess around... 13, 14, around that age. You know. Were you kind of known for this uh, soothing, soothing voice? Well, kind of with, um, with, the, with the girls. I was, I was playing guitar at the same time, and I had a buddy. He was a full-blood uh, Sarsi native uh, in Calgary, and he, he was like an Elvis Presley uh, impersonator at one time. But him and I started out playing together, and we used to... Uh, or girls would phone up and we'd say, hey, listen to this, and put the phone down. And then we'd forget that we put the phone down, and we'd play for like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then oh, they'd see the phone there and pick it up, hello, and they'd still be on the phone. Wow. Yeah. That, that's how you know you had talent back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, that's, we, we, there's nothing else to do, though. You know? Right. If I, if, if I was listening to this podcast and I couldn't see you, I would assume that you have a beard. You do have a beard. Has there, was there ever a time in your life where you didn't have a beard? Uh, a couple of times, a couple of times, I had um, I had to shave for an operation one time. Oh, and I literally, my wife would not look at me. She was just it was she, too weird. She was well, she was the one that made me grow the beard to begin with, you know. Right. Because I got a weak chin. Oh. Like I said, she's an artist. The the beard helps the chin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It it uh, it's up there. It, it helps, but the, the beard helps in a lot of ways, you know. Like Red Fox used to say, oh, you're fighting back, are you? <laughs> Wait, I don't know that. What is that? What, what, who's Red Fox? Uh, he was a, comedian. A, a black comedian. Oh. Very dirty. It's a dirty joke. I think we can go for it. I mean, you can curse. You can say whatever the fuck you want right now. <laughs> but anyway, the, the beard is, uh, you know, it's like a, a pussy, you know. So, ah. so he said, ah, fighting back. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. See, it's okay to tell jokes like that because it's not your joke, right? You got, no. you know, you can sort of. Can you? Do, you think that's okay politically? You can sort of say things. Oh no, no, no! You're you're politically correct. You're not supposed to copy anybody's. But that's one thing I'm known for is I'm definitely not politically correct. Yeah. What's the most politically incorrect thing you've ever done? Stole bits from the committee, you know. Right. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the committee? Oh, I the improv group. The improv out group. Out of San Francisco? Right. Well, they were, yeah, originally out of yeah. San, uh, yeah, originally at San Francisco, and then they ended up in L.A., and I was a big fan. In fact, that's how Cheech and I got our whole act, you know, watching the, the committee, because I wasn't a, a comedian. I was a musician. Right. And so, you know, you, you learn a tune, you know. Everybody learns tunes. You know, you don't care who wrote it. <laughs> it's a tune. You learn it. And I, I took the same uh, uh, approach to comedy. Right. You, know, you find see something funny, you, you do it. You know. And I had no idea that <laughs> like there were things as writers and. Right. And but I mean, in some them. level, like I mean, a lot of creative people do that to learn, like you oh know, yeah, Picasso and whoever. Well, they all started out 
learn to copy in somebody. Yeah. It doesn't come out of, out of the air, you know. Like comedians especially. You know? Like I, I remember Richard Pryor copied Bill Cosby. And Bill Cosby, I don't know, he copied somebody, you know. Right. The only uh, Red Fox, another black comedian that, you know, that uh, he, he's, he was a really good friend of mine. And uh, he, he was, you know, he, there was jokes would float around. You know, you don't know who owned them, but he, he was like a master at, at, uh, at comedy. You know. So moving away from comedy a little bit, are people surprised to hear that you play golf? Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. Why do you think so? Well, you know, it's not a really, well, it is a stoner sport. <laughs> I, I, I started out late. Yeah. I started out really late. When did you start? I was in my 60s, but late, you know, 60, right in the middle 60s before I started playing golf. What was that like uh, to take it up? At that? I mean, what, was it, what has it been like for you? I'm a Canadian, so it's a hockey, you know, hockey and golf, it's the same, same, same concept. You know, you got to hit a little thing into a, a target, you know. And so, uh, no, I, I, I played it one time when I was in my 20s, just one time. And that was a funny story. Uh, what happened, I had a nightclub, and, uh, and these um, uh, shoplifters, or boosters, they're thieves, would go around and they would sell me suits for like 20 bucks, brand new suits. You know, they would go in the store and they would steal the suits and, and come around to the club owners and, you know, people, shady people that would buy shit like that. <laughs> Like one, day, one day he showed up at the club with a, a set of golf clubs. And he says, uh, hey, you want one of golf clubs? <laughs> like 20 bucks or something like that for the whole set. And so he says, sure. He says, well, just, he, there's a club in North Vancouver. He said, don't, don't play there. <laughs> <laughs> but anywhere else is okay. <laughs> and so I went out, I played one round, uh, you know, later. And that was my only time. And then, uh, then... What happened? Oh, Cheech? Oh, yeah, I got, uh, I think I got invited to some of the celebrity things, you know. Then right. I said, oh, I got to learn how to play golf. Because Cheech is into golf. Yeah, oh, totally, big time. And, but it didn't hit you. You mm. didn't care. You, you just didn't get it. I was the opposite. In mm. fact, we, the first pro thing we went to, Cheech and Chong were at, we had broken up by then, and he, Cheech went, we ended up at the same golf tournament. And, but I, never, I didn't want to play. I just wanted the free trip, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it was on the big island of Hawaii. Nice. In fact, I had my son with me, Paris. You know, little guy then. And so everybody else was playing golf and doing the whole thing. And we were just, you know, getting high, going around, the, the, trying to find a town right. in, in little Hawaii. And just, we just tripped around the whole time. And then who knew, what was his name? Uh, actor... I can't think of his name right now. But a uh, Canadian, Alan Thicke. Oh. He see, we met him in the elevator. <laughs> and uh, he's going up to the dinner. They had the dinner, and he's all tucked out, you know. And I got my old hippie clothes on. He's, well, obviously, we're, we are not going to the same event. <laughs> <laughs> and I never, I never went. But later on, I, I wanted to learn how to play golf. And so I, I took it up and... Uh, Wow, I was not bad. What What do you think? What was there that made you think that that you wanted to play? What was it about it? I, I just 
kind of got hooked on, well, actually, my wife got me into dancing. You know, like, uh, I used to... You've had a bit of a career of dancing. Yeah. Well, I used to dance when I was a a kid, you know, growing up in Calgary. The only thing to do on the weekends were go to community dances. They had a community little uh, record hops at these communities. Uh, And that was the only thing to do. And and we were thugs, too, so we'd go around and go to the dance and pick fights and, (laughs) and be rowdy and get kicked out, but I, I got into dancing from watching it, and then I liked it, and I, 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 was, I was pretty good. And so there was a, some other hoodlum friends of mine that were also dancers, and so they, that was like a, the thing to do. And so I learned how to do the Lindy Hop, and so I was uh, yeah, pretty good. I ended up with a black girlfriend that could dance, so we, we won a few dance contests, and, and then... Um, so, so then my wife and I cut to the you know cut a few years in, into the later on. She she's not broken up. Uh, I had nothing to do, and she was going through a little change of life or something like that. And she said um, anyway, she wanted to take up ballroom dancing, and I thought that was kind of pussy. You know, so I nah. And so she went off dancing, and then she started into salsa, dancing salsa. And then she would leave at night. She would, we're all dressed up, you know, a little short skirt. And everything. Where are you going? She goes, I'm going salsa dancing. Do you want to come? And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so then her and her salsa teacher ended up uh, um, doing a show. Okay, I thought you were going to say something else. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> no, no. Well, it was like that. Yeah. You know, I started getting jealous, you know, because she had a good-looking salsa teacher, and, and she's, you know, looking hot as can be. And so I went to the show that they put on, and at the end of the show, they're doing all these acrobatic moves and that, and he, at the end of the dance, she flips her up and her skirt falls down, and you see those beautiful legs and that beautiful butt and that panties. And I got so jealous, man. I, my, my heart was just pounding, you know, because anybody's going to turn my wife upside down, it has to be me. <laughs> yeah. And so I grabbed the guy. I said, I got to learn how to do this dance. And so she got me into taking dance lessons. And so then, I, then she kind of turned me on to, to if you want to learn something, take a lesson. Mm. That was so alien for me, you know. And so I started learning how to dance. And then when you learn how to take lessons, when you learn how to learn, then that's a, the key to a lot of th- good things. And so I started, when I started playing golf, I immediately took some lessons from some really good people, got a set of free clubs because of my celebrity, and next thing I know, I'm playing in tournaments. It's so interesting to hear you say, <coughs> learn how to learn, because I know a lot of the people listening to this podcast are new to golf. Uh, a lot of them talk about being nervous on the first tee or uh, how often should I take lessons or things like that. What, what do you have to say about, you know, th- talk to some people about that, like like learning how to learn and, and what's it like to be a new golfer, especially, I mean, you have the advantage of spending your life, uh, you know, devoted to comedy and, and learning how to make things funny. So yeah. I would imagine you would never feel that uncomfortable on the golf course. Am I wrong? Oh, no, not at all, ever. Right. It's always cool for you. No, I, 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 I come alive when I got an audience. Anytime I got an audience, man. And especially uh, with the way I play, because I, I got a unique way of playing. Because I, I figured out, I watched um, 
you know, I, I started, after I got into golf, I started watching everything. And I watched the uh, U.S. Open, I think it was. And I saw a couple of things. I saw uh, Ernie Els. He, his ball was stuck on the fringe of the green and the, and the, and the rough. Right on the fringe there. And it was 20 foot from the hole. And so he took the nose of the putter and he hit it with the nose and it went in the hole. <laughs> and I said, whoa, epiphany, man, of course. That's how you're supposed to hit the putt. And then I saw Tiger Woods one time just casually walking to the clubhouse and he was practicing putting and then he did a one hand putt, one handed, and the ball went in the hole again. And so I put the two together. I said, "This, this, uh, I got something here, you know." Because when you when you hammer a nail into the the wall, you don't turn the hammer to the side and hit the side. You hit the the nose of the hammer, you see. And 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 the, when you hit a b- ball with a putter, when you use the blade, you're, you're you got a lot of choices there, you know. And so that's why a lot of putts don't go where the <laughs> people want them to go because they forget where where the blade is. But when you got the nose in the ball, you can't make a mistake <laughs> because it will it will tell. You have to watch the, the 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 putter hit the ball. You have to do that because most people they they raise their head too soon sure. before they hit the ball. It's just a natural reaction. And that's why a lot of times, you know, the ball goes every which way but where they want want it to go. Right. The pros, they practice, 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 keeping their head down, head down, head down, staring at that ball. You know, they have they do it. They and they do it, and they still mess up. But when you putt with the nose of the putter, one handed, you got no choice but to look at what you're doing. So is that what you do? That's what I do. All the time? All the time. We have to play golf. I need to see this. This is amazing. Oh, man. Hey, I was a designated putter for the, the George Lopez. Really? Yeah, we were playing Scrabble, yeah. and they, they saw how I put it. And so every time we'd hit the green, I was the first one up. And I was thinking, you know, 12-footers, 15-footers, just boom, put it in, especially when I got a crowd. Right. You know, because, I mean, you can still mess up. You know, I mean, because one-handed. See what when you when you play one-handed, you got no choice but to follow through if you want to see. The, most people with golf they forget the the fundamentals, especially the pros. They can't figure out what's going on because they get all excited, and then they forget the basic stuff of keeping your head down and following through. And and when you don't follow through, that's why the shots go you know go crazy. Yeah. Putting, if you when you put one hand at the way I do, you have to follow through. You have to, because you're staring at the ball because you want to make sure you hit it with that little nose, and then you you aim it like you do a gun, you know. And when you shoot a gun, you don't shoot it sideways. I mean, you do in movies, you know, like you don't hold it sideways that way and shoot it. You straight ahead, you see. So when I put the way I put, I'm, I'm looking right at the hole. Right. And it's like bowling or, or bocce ball. Bocce ball, yeah. I played, I played bocce Face ball on. In, in prison. So I, I learned how to do that one arm thing. And if you follow through, that ball, 
can't help but go where you want it to go. I wonder if this is, I don't even know if this is legal. It is. According to the USGA, is it? Yeah. This is fascinating. Yeah, because you're not, you're not attached to anything. You're not altering the, the equipment in any way. Right. I made sure of that, you know. Yeah. They made me a putter, uh, Cleveland made me a putter, and, but I told them don't, don't make anything different. Yeah. Know? There is a hammer uh, putter out There's one that's very head. tiny, yeah. Yeah, so, but uh, I don't, I, I use, uh, that, that is, those tricks only work if you use the, their, their equipment. Uh, yeah, right, right. Yeah. No, so I, you mentioned jail. Now, yeah. uh, I have, uh, I've been detained, but I've never been to jail, especially not in the circumstances that you were in. Hey, I'm not a, a prosecutor. You, you can tell me the truth. <laughs> 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 but it sounds like it sounds like I mean from from what I understand of your story in jail, you made the best out of a bad situation. Oh, totally. What tell tell everybody at home who does who's never heard that story? Well, jail. What I found out, you know, at first I didn't. I was in denial. I, they're not going to put me in jail. No, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> it's like uh, Trump will never get elected. This is like no, uh, that'll never 15, 20 years ago. Was it? This was oh uh, three. Oh three, right? Okay, so fifteen remember, years ago. I remember oh three, and uh, and it was for bongs. Yeah, and it wasn't. It was my company, but uh, you know, I wasn't really. It wasn't my company. It was just my name. But so it wasn't really the bongs of it. it was like the uh, sales across state lines or something. Uh, that that was technically the thing. Uh, traveling across the state line with a bong. Fucking crazy. <laughs> you know who wrote the law? Oh, Joe Biden. No way. <laughs> Ouch, <laughs> Delaware. Hey, Joe, way to go, Joe. Thanks. But so, but so you're in jail. <coughs> well, where are you in jail at, by the way, at that time? Where is this? Uh, it's Taft, near Bakersfield. Jeez, Taft. Hot. It's the first oil field in America, actually. Wow. And they built the jail over the top of a toxic waste dump, and so everybody, you know, is prone to get what they call uh, what's it called? Uh, some kind of disease. Uh-oh. Some kind of Wasting disease. Are you going to get? Is there going to be a settlement soon? Oh no! Man, I, no, I got, I got, can, I, I, I think I got cancer from it. You know, what? Yeah, because I ended up when I left jail, I ended up with prostate cancer. But, but you're asking about jail. What I did? Uh, first of all, I watched. I knew my life's weird, man, because I get these premonitions before anything happens. And before I went to jail, I was watching uh, Shawshank Redemption almost every night. Amazing. Every night. I've seen it maybe 15 times. It's a great film. And it was, like, fascinating. How long did you know you were going to jail before you went? I, well, it was a month. A month. A month. I, got sentenced. A... I got sentenced, and then they give me a, uh, I had a month before they assigned uh, prison to me. What, what did you do in that month? I would have just, like, gone crazy. No, I went to uh, Puerto Rico. Okay. We had a vacation planned, and uh, the, ju- the court said, yeah, you can do it. Although I had the U.S. Marshals sit behind me on the, on the plane. Oh, they, they were following you? They followed went. me wherever we went. And, and they had to tell me the, who they were. They could, because they're they're starstruck. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah, they had a hey man. You know, did you I, get photos with them? No, no photos. Uh, well, probably, but not not officially. <laughs> but I, when I went to, when when I finally got in jail, you know, I, I was in denial all the way up until probably a couple of days before I went. Then I had to buy clothes. That's when it hit. I had to buy. Um, uh, workout clothes, you know, sweatpants, right, and running shoes. You weren't allowed to have any logos on the shows and all this bullshit. 
and I had to go to an Army and Navy store and buy all my stuff. And we filmed it. It's in the, <laughs> there's a film called uh, AKA Tommy Chong. It's on Netflix or someone. And anyway, it's a whole uh, story of my incarceration. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's cool. But what happened when I when I got there, I was a celebrity. So so when I pulled up to the to the main prison, uh, I had a big waiting, you know, congregation. Uh, yeah, a whole bunch of you know the plain clothes, uh, everybody, the prison the, the, that ran the prison were there. And then I said goodbye to my wife, and then I walked in. And then he said, I'm sorry, Mr. Chong, but we're going to have to put handcuffs on you. Just formality, just to walk through the, to the door, because that's what I had to do, put the handcuffs on. Then they took them off as soon as I walked through the door, and then that was it. Then the guy, he says, I get to drive you over to the camp. The camp was in the, behind the prison, and it was like an honor camp. There was a little chalk mark around the perimeter, and that was the only barrier. Minimum, minimum security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Camp Cupcake. <laughs> that's, that's what I, they call it. I want to go to Camp Cupcake. Yeah, it was cool. And so when I went in there, you know, in fact, the, the guy that drove me was a big fan. And so as soon as I got in the truck, he pulled out some albums. He said, hey, man, will you sign these for me? He was waiting for you. Yeah, so I signed the albums, and then I got over there. And then the whole prison was waiting for me, too, you know. And so Jimmy was the first guy that I met, a little Chicano guy from uh, San Diego. And Jimmy says, hey, come on, man, you know, we're, we're waiting for you. You know, so he took me to get my, my clothes and everything. And he got me some really uh, vintage prison clothes, <laughs> Dickies. <laughs> Everybody wore Dickies. And, and the, the Chicanos are, you know, very fastidious with their, with their dress, you yeah. know. And so they would spend hours ironing, making sure everything was neat and crisp and clean. So he got me a whole vintage wardrobe of Dickies. And then, um, then they showed me to, uh, to my bunk. And then one guy opened his, his, his uh, locker and was filled with food. I thought he was a commissary. <laughs> I did. He said, he says, can I interest you in anything here? And I said, no, I was fine. And uh, and then I went out, out went outside. Uh, you know, I got settled where my bunk was, and there's in the locker, and put my stuff in there. Then I went outside, and and it, there was an incredible sunset, pink clouds all over the place, and, and like I felt like I was on acid. And I'm looking up at these, the the clouds, and then all of a sudden the fans come by, and they, hey man, you take a picture with us? Yeah, of course. And so I, I spent the, the first day taking pictures with everybody, all, all the things. And every picture, I'm looking up at the clouds. That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, there's, there's more to this story here. You know, I, got, I brought some, actually, treats for you. You like cookies? Do you are eat cookies? They, are they... Uh, They're gluten-free. They have some sugar and an egg in them, though. But no weed. No wheat. No wheat. They're totally Wheat. No. Weed. Weed. No weed. weed. <laughs> no, no marijuana. No marijuana. I, I don't want this shit. You don't. You don't have to have it. I'm kidding. I, uh, I unfortunately can't smoke weed. Because why? Because I start smoking crack when I smoke weed. Really? Yeah, it's sort of a problem with that. You start smoking crack when you smoke weed? Yeah, I have like a serious addiction problem. Like I'll go with oh, crack. Yeah. At one time. Crack. Yeah. And co- what did crack, you? Crack, LSD, basically anything. Did you start off with uh, snorting coke? 
Yeah, I was really into snorting coke, and actually primarily freebasing. That was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I was 19. No, once you get on that wagon, you're just off temporarily. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know that. Yeah, you're gone. Yeah, yeah it's tough. Um, while we eat these cookies, we'll take a quick break, mm -hmm. throw you guys some ads, and then we'll be right back to hear. I think this, this story about how you changed someone's life, we, you probably changed everybody's life, your time in jail here. People who are listening to this probably have an effect based on your time in jail, right, would you say? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right, well, I, I've, I've changed a lot of people. Well, we'll get back. Yeah, we'll hear about it right when we get back. Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you, you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy, and we have a podcast called Dumb People Town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. Truth is, I know a lot of you have eyeballs, okay? And I know most of you use them. Okay, that's very important to use your eyeballs. Now, what's one of the things that you like to put on your eyeballs? Not Preparation H. You're wrong. It's actually sunglasses, everybody. Okay? Rain is the sunglasses that I wear. R-A-E-N. They're super chill. I found out about them through the Link Soul catalog. And my favorite multiple things about them are obviously priority number one. They fucking look great. All right? They feel good. They don't hurt my, you know when you put on a pair of glasses and they hurt your head and you actually get a headache and you're like, why is this thing hurting my face and my head? So that's one of the cool things about it. They don't hurt. They also look cool. And then the third thing is they are, well, why don't I just read the ad here? Let's try this. They bring you handmade quality California classic style eyewear and sunglasses. Yes, this is the third thing. At an accessible price. It's totally accessible. The price is, the sun has been intense this summer. That's true, Jeff. And I was so lucky to find sunglasses that are cool, relaxed, and protect my eyeballs. Rain sunglasses are my go-to accessory when playing golf. That's true. Uh, aside from a ball and a glove and a tee and a club and a bag. Rain, I dig these fucking glasses. Uh, seriously, I wear them everywhere. I feel like a legend. when I, I, I put them on and I actually, strangely, I realized, I, someone told me I do look like Denzel Washington as soon as I put them on. Uh, yeah, and then uh, they maintain an undying allegiance to the local culture that has inspired its existence. SoCal through and through. Rain's brand is steeped in stories and images of the beach, ocean surfing, skating, convertibles, and road trips, good friends, and good times. Wow, that's a long sentence, Jeff. Uh, so wherever you are, when you purchase a pair of Rain frames, you're getting a piece of the Cali lifestyle and the privilege of looking at your own life through that lens. That's actually very true. So check it out. Go to rain.com, R-A-E-N, and use the code R-A-E-N-G-O-L-F. That's rain.com, R-A-E-N, and use code RAINGOLF, R-A-E-N, golf dot, uh, no, just R-A-E-N, golf, and check out for 20, holy shit, 20% off. That's more than I got the first time I bought these. Go 20% off on your first order plus free shipping on orders over 100. Use that promo code, R-A-E-N, golf, one word at checkout. Dude, that's a good deal, man. Um, yeah, check that out. All right, we're back. Um, so I guess what I'm getting at specifically is um, maybe you're responsible for everyone seeing Leonardo DiCaprio in The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, yeah. How is that even possible in a jail in, uh, where do you say, Taft? Yeah, in Taft, yeah. So you're in Taft, and you share, you share a cell with an interesting guy. With Jordan, Jordan Belford. Well, what they do in, in prison, they try to put people that birds of a feather you know kind they of really, together they do so, a little casting yeah oh they do oh absolutely <laughs> i absolutely. never would have guessed oh no yeah because it's very 
you know, the, the chemistry, you know. Right. That's why, that's why, you know, when, when that, like, that pervert in uh, the doctor, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the gymnast, uh, the, he got beat up in prison be- purposely. Uh, because what they do, you know, the, the the guards and everybody, you know, they're in charge of your ass. Right. And so they'll put you in danger in a heartbeat, you know. Oh, yeah. They're not looking out for you at that oh, point. Oh, it's the opposite. Right. And with, with me, uh, you know, I'm a celebrity. And so they were they were put celebrities with celebrities. And so that's how I ended up with Jordan. I had a couple before that. But, you know, a rapper named Mac. He was a cool guy. <laughs> And except Mac would, he had a, some, what do you call that? Sleep apathy? apathy. Oh, oh sleep apnea. Snoring. Sleep apnea. So that mask on? It, no, what he would, no, he would, he would snore up on, 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 he was on the top bunk. This is my first, uh, first Sally. And he's on the top bunk and he's snoring. And then he go, and he'd stop. <laughs> and I'd wait for the, him to start breathing again. Mm-hmm. And eventually he would start breathing again, but it took a long time. And one time he stopped, and he never started. No way. He died in the cell? No, no, I kicked the... I, kicked the, <laughs> I waited as long as I could, then I had to kick the, the drop. And you saved his life. Yeah, probably. probably. Cured him of sleep apnea. So, but, no, so Jordan's telling you the story, and you basically push him into writing a script, right? Well, Jordan, we know what he did. <laughs> he would tell me stories every night. And then I was... I was reading my book, the, the I Chong, and uh, and so he, he would come in from playing tennis, you know, and uh, and Jordan was because he was rich. He always had people around him, you know, that worked for him in prison, you know. In prison? Oh yeah. How? Well, you you pay people off with the commissary. Ah. So so you're only allowed so much. But you can pay, uh, like you can have someone clean your cell, someone do your clothes. I had someone uh, do my clothes, you know, do the laundry. So how do you do that? You get money sent in from home? Uh, no, well, you have a, an account in prison. Okay. And then you can use that against your, your commissary. Okay, so you can buy a bunch of kick So you could, you could buy, you know, what you do, you say, go ahead and get it and put it on my tab. Ah. You know, that's what they would do. Like a country club? Yeah, yeah. Did you have a member number? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, what yeah. was your number? I forget what it is now. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, I had a number around my neck. It would be an interesting a, look. I had to keep that. Similarities between golf courses but Jordan, and prisons. Jordan uh, saw me writing, and he goes, uh, what are you doing? I told him I was writing. He said, oh, I'm going to write. And and the guy's a genius. Right. There's no doubt about it. So he wrote a bunch of stuff, and, and he showed it to me. And normally, I, I'm pretty easy with critiques, you know. Because I, I, you know, it depends on who it is. You're not going to give him hard hitting. No, uh, but but it was Jordan, and he was telling me all these great stories. But then he wrote, and it was like nothing. You know, he's like copying Tom Wolfe. You know, <laughs> and so he said, "What do you think?" And he was all eager, you know, with his big eyes. What do you think? And I said, "You haven't wrote, <laughs> written anything, man." <laughs> and he said, "What?" Because he, you know, people don't talk to him like that. You know, he's he's a genius. And I said, "No, you haven't done shit." And he goes, well, what do you, what's wrong? I said, well, you're, you're here, here's the deal. There's one deal when you write or you do a movie or anything. It's called the most of. You just can't get high. You got to get so high. <laughs> you, the most of. 
Right. You know, you don't climb a hill. You climb a fucking mountain that you can't, no one else can climb. You know, that's, that's what keeps people's interest, you know. No one wants to hear what they did. Right. They want to hear what you did that no one else would do. And so, and then I said, just write down all the stories you've been telling me. And so, so he, he was a little pissed because I told him that he didn't write shit. So he kind of went off to by himself, and next thing you know, <laughs> he's got a hit movie. <laughs> Amazing. And he, and he credits me. That's he, cool. He, tell, he tells everybody, yeah, Tommy Chong helped him. Is he out yet? He made yeah, it out, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you guys, have you seen each other since? Yep. We had a, a little dinner. <laughs> we had a little dinner. The, other, the reason I'm laughing is that he's, his new girlfriend is a Trumpy, you know. <laughs> oh, wow. And my wife is like anti-Trumpy. <laughs> oh, boy. Not a great double date. <laughs> so, so, so we were supposed to do some kind of uh, project together. You know, Lynette, she just left. Uh, she's a producer, and she got us together. And she thought, this would be a great idea, Tommy and Jordan talk about prison. And next thing I know, my wife, Shelby, and... And Jordan's girlfriend started screaming at each other, you know. Oh, no. And Shelby said, no, we're not working with you. You know, you're Trumpy. You know, we can't stand that guy. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and Jordan says, oh, well, hold on, hold on. Let's just talk. We, we, we won't talk politics. And Shelby said, oh, fuck that, man. You know, right. I ain't going to work with any Trump, <laughs> Trump liker. And so that was the end of that. <laughs> so yeah. Jordan stormed off with his girl. But oh, he no. said, And he comes back. He says, I'm going to show you what a good Republican I am. I'm going to pay the bill. <laughs> and so he paid the bill, right? Yeah, but, but yeah, that. But prison, I, I had a choice. You know, you, when you go to prison, you got a choice. You can make it whatever you want to make it. You know, and, and what I did, I looked at it and I thought, this is like being sequestered like a monk. You know, you get a lot of alone time, and in this life, alone time is very rare. You know, where you can, where you're not just alone, where you collapse from exhaustion of doing whatever you do in the daytime. But this is alone. In fact, the, the name penitentiary was for penance, you know, to pay penance. Ah. That's where the, 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 it's a penitentiary, where you go to be quiet, to pay penance. And so I, that's what I did. I turned it into like a religious retreat. And then I hooked up with the, uh, the sweat lodge people, the native they're in there. Of course, they're Mexican, but you know, close enough. And, and, <laughs> and uh, this one uh, guy, he ran the sweat lodge, and I learned how to do the sweat lodge uh, uh, ceremony. And so that's what I did the whole time I was there. I was in, either in the sweat lodge or down in the Indian grounds. We had Indian. Uh, we had a little area where we had a, a fire pit. We had. Uh, um, I built, eventually built a, a kiln <laughs> there, and uh, yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was nice, man. I mean, on some level, like, all of life is sort of, you know, build what Absolutely. you will, you know? And even golf, too, you know, like, have you ever had sort of experiences on the golf course where you're like, this isn't really what I want, and then, I mean, it sounds like in your life you've been uh, sort of proven that you can manifest whatever you want. Have you, have you ever turned around... Like a golf round like that or anything like that? Oh, yeah. Many times. i got a new way of counting. It's the Tommy Chong way. You know, I just count the good shots. Oh, that's good. That's all. And I don't count the bad shots, just the good ones. And so when they say, how'd you do? I say, I shot a three or a four. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds too. I like you because you just have, you don't give any fuck about being different. 
Oh, no, no. It's, it's, it's my M.O. It's always been that way. Yeah. Pissed Cheech off a lot, you know. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> Did he, you get... he calls everything I do the, the Tommy Chong version, you know. <laughs> That's the way I do it. No, with, with golf, because golf really is uh, a battle with yourself. It's not, you don't, you're not playing against anybody else, really. You're playing against yourself or playing with yourself. And so, uh, you know, that's a, it's a character. And the, th the thing is about hitting bad shots, that's the nature of golf, it's like life, you know. The ball might go over there and you, and you might think it's a bad deal, but then you walk over to where the line is and you look and say, oh, this is not bad. You know, where, where, when you cheat like Trump does, you know, have, have the ball in the fairway all the time, then it takes the meaning of golf totally away. Then it then it just becomes an, uh, an exercise of walking and hitting the ball, you know. And but when you really play serious, you know, and get serious about it, you, it t says a lot about yourself. And and what you do, in, like with me, like if I w if people wanted to say, okay, how can I improve my golf game? I would tell them to quit. Quit playing for a week, a day, oh. a month, and then go back. Temporarily quit. Just quit. Okay. And then what happens, you forget all your bad habits. That's so interesting. And then when you go back, next thing you know, you have a great round. You go, wow, what happened? You know, I've actually And then you chase that. that. Then you chase that the next day, and then you start trying to remember what you did, right. which is the biggest mistake <laughs> ever. You need to quit again. Well, what you do, you've you got to come to grips that every move in life should be separate and apart and special. Mm. Every move, not just golf, but every move should be thought of, you know? Even if it's, if it's resting. Like so many people nowadays, they don't even think of what they eat. They just eat, mm. you know? They gotta eat. So they don't even look at what they're doing. And a lot of times, I, I was guilty of that many times, you know? Right. Did I eat? I can't remember, <laughs> you know, you right. know what I mean? We do things automatically, but with golf, it makes you, you have to f be in that moment at all times. And it, the ones that can do it, they're the ones that are making money. And you gotta practice. And practice, really, with golf, is just practicing taking your, your thinking brain out of, the, out of the picture and just concentrating on the basics. Do you practice much? I, I practice putting. You got a putting green in the backyard by the pool. I saw that. Yeah, a little putting exercise, you know. And because I realized, because I, I, I tweaked my knee oh. doing a round. And when you get old, you know, it takes a while to heal. How old are you now? I'm 80. No way. Yeah. He and looks younger than 80. Yeah. I'd say early yeah. 70, oh, 71. All the, all, all the ladies say that. All the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I tweaked my knee. And so. So, and that's another thing I was going to tell you today, is that if you if you want to get really really good at golf, get really really good at putting. Right. Because putting gives you a, you have a relationship with you and the ball and the club, total. Yeah. Or it won't go in. <laughs> you got a three footer, and if you don't have that relationship, you will miss it. When you say relationship, I mean, is there, is, is there any way you can describe how to, how to do that? 
It's concentration. It's just it's concentration. Concentration. When you hit the ball, hit the, watch yourself hit the ball. Watch that iron hit the ball. Imagine in your brain, hit the ball, hit the ball, and you, and you want to hit it perfectly. And then if you get like Bubba Johnson, or Bubba Watson, you know, what he did when he was a kid, he played with those little plastic balls, and he learned how to put English on them. And so he could curve, that's why he can curve those shots, because uh-huh. he learned how to just tweak it. Like when you're coming around with a, with a, with a, you know, a fairway wood or, or a driver, the trick is, is your finger. It's a trigger finger. I didn't See? know that. Yeah. So what you do, just before you hit, you use a trigger like you would shoot a gun to bring that club head where, right where you want it each time. See? And you got to do it. Who taught you that? Uh, what's his name? Uh, <laughs> Carlos at the Betts Club in... Uh, Amazing. In, uh, in, in Westwood, you know, okay. the, you know the vets? The hospital? The hospital. Yeah, yeah. There's a nine-hole course in the oh, back. Oh, that's right. And it was built for the returning uh, GIs right. from the war in the 40s. Yeah. And it's still there. And it's beautiful little nine-hole. You can't nine uh, play there without a... Um... No, you can play. You can't? Anybody. Huh. Anybody go there? I guess we got to go there, Jeff. Yeah, I never knew that existed. I don't oh, think I did either. So much fun. It's I mean, the, Penmar, the, the, right? the greens are about this big because of this table. <laughs> a ten foot table. But but that really helps your 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 short game. Right. And so I, I have so much fun there. And then we Carlos and I figured out a way that we can do use our driver because I there's one hole, a, a six hole that I use a driver. Okay. Because I don't you know I, I'm not that long so but I, I love trying to be accurate you know. Right. But, oh, yeah, that, that's a lot of fun. No, the, the golf, but like I was saying about putting, you get a relationship with that putter, and the rest of your game will just take off. We have a, <laughs> we have a, a, a visitor, a guest? <laughs> no, it's, it's, the, it's the boss. The boss? The, the boss is here? The artist? The wife. The wife? Hi, Hi. Shelby. Hi. You're uh Hey, Tommy, your your dogs look a lot like mine. Are these are these um, what kind of dogs are these? These are they're a mixed breed. Mixed. They're a mix between a Shitsalata and a Yapsalata. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like Snowball. <laughs> Snowball does shit a lot, and uh, I put a I put a bark collar on him recently, so he can't. So when he barks, he gets uh, a little he gets jolt. A, he gets a warning first. Mm-hmm. It'll beep. And then if he chooses to bark again, then he gets a shock. Oh, I'm going to do that. You know what? I don't feel that bad about it because you know what he's learned now? He's learned how to bark once. He barks once, the beep goes, doesn't get shocked, and then he waits a minute and he knows exactly when he knows exactly when the timer's up, barks again. But he doesn't get into that like chaotic barking. You know, I got it on Amazon. I'll send you the link, dude. It's amazing. Oh yeah, I want to do this. It's changed my life. Because you know, I mean, you get a lot of visitors here. I get a lot of people yeah. coming over to the house. Oh and man. Just, he, he, he they go crazy on the doorbell and the TV. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm the sorry TV for ringing the doorbell. Ding dong, and next thing you know, they're yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They had a thing. Did you ever hear the thing where they had, you know, the Amazon Echo came out or something, and then they had a TV commercial that said, uh, "Hey Siri" or, or "Hey Alexa," oh. and it would send all of them off, and they had to like change the frequency. Yeah, because it's always listening. Because everyone's because it fucked yeah. up everyone's isn't, home system. Isn't that funny? Yeah, I just got into Alexa, uh, you know, last year, but it didn't work for me at first because I was calling a, 
Alexis. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get a name she, right, Tom. She <laughs> shot it down. She went, Alexis, what's the matter? That's and then funny. finally I, I learned, oh, I love Alexa, man. Yeah, I'm into it. it. I mean, she sounds really hot. Uh, Jeff, you got, you, got, you got a banging question here for Mr. Chong. What do you got? Oh, sure. Uh, for somebody who's just starting golf, what's a, a great lesson for them to help them sort of... Well, take lessons for sure. Oh, yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. Take lessons. Putting. Putting. Putting lessons. Just, just putt. You, you know what you could do? You can putt anywhere. See, that's a great thing about putting. You can putt anywhere. That's actually true. You yeah. can take a little... You know, you know, Bring it inside your house. In your house. Your anywhere, yeah. Just putt, 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 putt. Get a relationship with the club and the ball. It's a relationship. And then after a while, you'll find yourself doing what Tiger did, you know, the one-hander without looking, boom, the ball goes in the hole. Right. And it cracks me up because I watch Tiger, and he's having all these troubles because he goes back to being like an amateur. Right. And he doesn't realize that if you just mellow out, right. <laughs> you know, and just think about it, He's got all, all that information that he knows is in his body. But he can't still, you can't never be what you used to be. You know, that's why you club up as you get older. Right. You know, you start off with, you can hit a wedge 160 yards. You know, when you get my age, now you're looking for the five iron or the four <laughs> iron. Right. You know, but you get the same results. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. So the, the, the whole thing, it's starting out, get... Get it with the ball. Even if you bounce it against the wall with the putter, you, you'll get body memory that's crazy. And use the nose of the putter in one hand, yeah. man, and then it really takes skill. Yeah. You know? Have you ever had a hole-in-one, Tommy? Not yet. Not Chief yet. Chief did. Oh, wow. Were you there? Chief, no, no, in, uh, in uh, Kelowna. Yeah, Chief, right. you, got, you got a little badge. You got, yeah. yeah, they really, they really play. Where do you play normally? At the Vets. Yeah. Or at Penmar. Oh, that's great. I, I do uh, uh, Twilight Golf at the Penmar. So you play, so, I mean, you must, there must be a bit of a hubbub when you head out there and no one cares. Sometimes. Yeah? Yeah. Because you could play anywhere you wanted. You could mm -hmm. go play Lakeside, you could play Bel Air, Riviera. Oh, yeah. But you choose to play the Municipal Nine. Oh, absolutely. Why? Because that's the kind of guy I am. <laughs> with me, man, you know, it doesn't matter. Like prison or... I was in jail with uh, a golf caddy for Mark Kalkovecki. <laughs> what? Yeah. His what name was he is, doing there? Why was name, he in jail? Oh, old cokehead. You'll you you understand. He uh, he would buy coke for the for the golfers, uh -huh. and his dealer got busted. Oh, no. And so she, they said, give us some names. They didn't want her. They wanted names, and so they they gave she gave him Eric Larson, and so the the feds went after Eric and they. they they bust him, and they said, you're going to get five years. And Eric says, no, because he, he wasn't a dealer. He was just a buyer. And so Eric said, no, no. And so Eric fought it, and he's, he's a brilliant guy. He's had a couple of degrees and everything else. And so when you fight the government, they get pissed off. <laughs> and they doubled the sentence. No. So they, 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 they double jeopardy. He won the first case, and then refiled the charges. And then he didn't have the money to, to, to fight the second case. And so he lost it and got uh, 14 years in, in, in... So he prison. just got out? Well, he got out a little earlier. Oh, okay. He got out right after I got out. And I helped him do that, too. Because, <laughs> again, see, when you... When you you got to play the system, man. you got to play the game that's in front of you. And when I went into prison, the first thing I learned is that 
do what they tell you to do, you know, and a lot of times do it before they even tell you. you right. Know? You know, stay off the radar. You know, there's no, there's no upside. And so what I did, I, then I became friends with the, uh, the drug counselor, Griff, an old, an old uh, hippie roadie. And him, Griff, and I were, were really tight. And Griff has the power to reduce everybody's sentence. Really? Yeah, because, no of, the, because of the drug thing, you know. You say, oh, you know, he's, he had a hard time. He's cured now, so, you know. Not. And so I, I talked to him, Eric into meeting with Griff, and Eric got out a year later. That's incredible. Yeah. So um, uh, what was I going to say? So did, did, how did Mark feel? Well, how did Mark Calcavecchia feel about he that? He came and visited him. Oh, he did? Oh, yeah. Oh, Everybody I, loves Eric. He's still he's on still. Harris English, I think is. No. I forget his, the name of the golfer he's with now. Right. He was with Anthony Kim for a while. Oh, yeah. Anthony Kim, he's a buddy now. I went golfing. Oh, really? Yeah, he, he went to the range with me one time, gave me some pointers. How is he doing? He's good. He got hurt. Yeah, yeah. And he, it's a big, he, big insurance a, thing. And he, yeah. He Where is he now? He's somewhere in Oklahoma, I think. He's, he wants to get in the weed business. That's why he gave oh, me a call. Yeah, he gave me a call. And uh, no, Eric, uh, and like, like I said, so Eric, he, he had a Iron Maid in prison. And we had to bury it because you, you weren't allowed to play an golf. Iron Maid? Oh, oh, he literally made a golf club. Yeah, he made an iron uh, pitching wedge. How, out of what? Out of steel. Out of uh, iron, incredible. We had friends. We well, we made friends with everybody. See, prisoners run the prison, right? And so, if you stay out of trouble, you, you can go to all these different areas where the prisoners run the prison. And there was a, a metal shop, you know, that had to, to take care of the whole prison. And we could go in there. And we'd hang out there a lot. And Eric Eric did the whole garden in the in the prison, and really? he, it was a it was like a paradise. And they would take the food and give it to the food banks in Bakersfield, except for our food. And we had our own private uh, foursome dinner, and Eric would cook, and we had gourmet, meal, gourmet meals, vegetarian meals every night. That's awesome. Oh, it was great. Are you vegetarian? Hmm? Are you vegetarian? Yeah, I am now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, have, you, have you ever heard of this prison in Louisiana that has a golf course on it? Yeah, I think I have. Yeah, yeah they, we, I got to go there, actually. They, they have a nine-hole course that was built by the prisoners mm -hmm. and maintained by the prisoners, and the guards get to play it. Not the prisoners. Not the prisoners. I, I suggested that the prisoners should be able to play it because it's such a meaningful game, but the warden felt like he didn't want it to turn into a country club. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, and that's what Taft is. Taft is, you know, they, they, got, they got a football field, a running track, yeah. a, um, tennis courts. How many prisoners? Uh, in the camp, about four or five hundred. Yeah, see, this one in, is Angola and in, in Louisiana. Oh, I know about, that one. Yeah, it's like six thousand, and they're all everybody's murder. Do they have uh, uh, the rodeo? Is that yeah, where exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I'll send you a link to the episode. It's it's one of my favorites, actually. You yeah. you probably dig it. You know, I mean, it's uh, and it's a sad story. This guy who, um, you know, we found out later through some research how how he got there. Um, you know, it was basically an accidental murder. Like he. His manslaughter. He didn't mean to kill anybody. Uh, he was kind of drunk, and yeah, I don't know. It's so tragic. Um, well, it, it, what it is, it, your life. We're all in prison every day. Every every one of us. We're all in prison. You know, if you if you go to a shop every day, if you work at Starbucks, you're in the Starbucks prison. You know, and, because that's what prison is. You, you you go to work, and then you go eat, <laughs> and then you go to bed, and you watch TV. 
So everybody's in prison, you know, the whole world. And that's why, you know, when you talk about the kids at the border and all that, you know, I mean, it looks bad and everything. Else. And I'm going, oh, yeah, yeah, it's bad and all that. But deep down, I'm, I'm looking at these kids thinking, they're having a hell of an experience. They got stuff, to, <laughs> they're going to be telling everybody. Because what, what, what are they doing? They're refugees running from violence. And all of a sudden, they come into a border where they separate the, the kids from the, the parents, and the parents go one way, and the kids go over, over there. And see, in, in the federal prison system, it's mandated they, they teach school. You have to go to school in prison. And if you don't have a grade 12, you have to go to school. Like in the prison I was in, I didn't have to because I was uh, age exempt. But I did anyway because I didn't have my grade 12. And so I went to school, and I tried to get my GED. And I failed. <laughs> and they wanted me to cheat. They asked you to they, cheat? They told me, just write down anything. We'll make sure you get it. I said, no, we got I you, can't Tom. do that. We got you. Can you imagine get a prison diploma that you cheated? <laughs> you didn't even actually graduate. No, I wouldn't do it. I failed algebra. But no, prison, like I did, you know, I, I just took advantage of it, you know, I read like crazy, read books. Oh, you know what I did? For what, just out of something to do, um, I started looking at the sunsets, because the first day, you know, with the pink clouds. And then, next thing I know, I'm, I got a crowd of people with me, and we're all sitting and watching sunsets in the prison. Every time the sunset would set, we'd all go out and sit there. And we'd get a show sometimes. Uh, the skydivers would come by and do their a aerial acrobats off in the oh, sky. Right. It was like in the desert, so you had this big sky. And in and the, and the desert, anyway, it's a, it's a magical place. You know, the ground's full of all kinds of treasures. You know, there's pumice rock that I used to find and collect, and, and you find little meteorites. And, and you know, you know it's, it was like a... Uh, heaven, you know, in, in there. And so I watched every sunset for three months. Wow. I got to the point where I'd forget about it, and they would, my people, my friends, and that would come and knock, hey, sunset, come on. And I'd have to get up and go to watch the sunset. Three months, every day. That sounds really peaceful. It is. It was, man. So, I mean, you're, you're probably uh, one of the, you know, the... You know, you're not you're not looking at like a gruesome prison experience, but even still, as it bad as it might be, it doesn't sound that bad. No. How long no, were you there? Three years? No, 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 no. Nine months. Nine months. Nine months. Right. No, I couldn't do three years. Man. <laughs> oh man. That would be a but while. They're, but they're doing it. You know, they did it. Eric did it. I, if I had to, I would have. You know, the funny thing is when when you when it comes time to your release, you get ostracized from the rest of the prison. Oh really? Yeah. Because they're getting, they're get, they don't want to be sad when you leave. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And and when they take you out, they don't take you in the daytime. They, there's no farewells. They they take you in the middle of the night. You just leave. They come and come on, let's go. Let's go. You're out of here. That's sad. Were you sad when you left? Actually, no, 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 not a bit. I was looking forward to it. Right. What you do, you, you time yourself. Yeah. You know, I. I I, I timed it pretty good. I got out on July was first, I think. Yes. Yeah. Because I then I had a I had one day out and then I had to go to a halfway house uh, for a month. Right. And, uh, and I spent July fourth in the halfway house. 
But you can, if you have a job, you can get out. And so I got a job at Gold's Gym. <laughs> he's an in old Venice? buddy of mine. In Venice? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's the one. Joe Gold, the original Joe Gold. He's like, yeah, of course. You work for me. And so I tried to really do a job because I'm prison trained. You know, I was wanted to sweep up. And Joe said, what the hell are you doing? Get in here. Don't. It's embarrassing. Get out. You know. Right. Go work out, do something, but don't, 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 don't do that, Tom. That's so funny. <laughs> then you give me a check, at, you know, at the end of the week, and then I have to split it with the halfway house. Oh, that's nice of you. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was a, it was, it was a memorable experience that I don't regret. I lost. A, uh, my wife had more problems, you know. She I would imagine. She had a harder time, but yeah. she turned it into a, a win-win for her too. Yeah. Because she, we got holdings up in Vancouver, and when I was in jail, she went up and made more money with the holdings than I did the whole three, four years before that. Oh, that's amazing! <laughs> yeah, she, she's amazing. This is all, all because of her. It's a very nice house, so. Jeff. You have any, any you know, got another hard-hitting question? Uh, well, it seems like from your experience, you learned a lot about appreciation of of life. Totally. In a way. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. do you see? things totally differently in terms of, you know, how you live day to day Absolutely. with that appreciation? Absolutely. See, I, I, I did some Bible study. You know, I studied Bible. I studied all the religious books, but not, not to the point where, you know, like I can memorize, I can, you know, recite any things. But in the beginning, the Bible, everything you need to know about anything is in the first couple of chapters first couple of sentences, you know, and, 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 and especially the Christian Lord's Prayer, you know, everything's there. And what I learned is the meaning of eternity. You see, that's, that's in the Bible. There was no beginning, there was no end. And that's what we are. We're, we are eternal beings. Therefore, we have time to learn everything there is to learn. Everything. Not just learning how to be humans, but we have time to learn how to be a dog, to be a cat, to be a bird, to be a, a, an insect. We have time. We have nothing but time. And time only exists in the physical world. There's a physical world and then there's a spiritual world. The, only, the real world is a spiritual world. The physical world is a, like a school hmm. where you go to school to learn. That's why there are opposites in, in, in the physical world. There's, for every action, there's a reaction. It's not like that in the, physical, in the spiritual world. In the spiritual world, there's only now. There's only now. There's no tomorrow. There's no yesterday. There's only now. In the physical world, there's a day and night. There's light and dark, there's good and bad, there's all these things, because it's physical. And, and we're only here for a short period of time. And when we leave, we don't disappear. We go back into the spiritual world, and then we figure out what our next assignment is to learn. Then we come back. So is this, is this reincarnation or is it something else? It's kind of reincarnation. It's my own thing. It's the Tommy Chong thing. Yeah, it's totally Tommy Chong. Because eternal, think about it. They, the scientists say, you know, every drop of water that was ever here in the beginning is still here. No way. Yeah. Do they really say that? Yeah. 
That's insane. That's a scientist. Uh, the scientists that tell you that. Right. So if and we're ninety percent water. Right. So we've always been here. Okay. There's never been a time when we weren't here. Is that true, Jeff? You don't look that old. <laughs> <laughs> but age is only in the physical world now. Sure. See, in the in the in the spiritual world, there's no age. There's no aging. Right. There's no there's no resistance. So how do you live? In Los Angeles, and, and know this information. How do you go back and forth in your? You got to keep it. You don't. You don't spout it unless you're asked. Right. So you asked. You wanted to know, so I could tell you. But if 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 no one asks, and you don't answer questions that no one asked. Right. 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 You know. Hmm. So, and knowing this, see, this is what all the gurus. You know, the great guys like Deepak Chopra. Uh, you know, the Dalai Lama. You know, they got one thing in common. You know what it is? I don't know. They all giggle. Oh, yeah. They, do. they all laugh. And you know why they laugh? Because they know. They know things. Right. And when you know things, then everything's a chuckle. Yeah. Yeah, it's a chuckle. What, no matter what you're going through, no matter where you were at, you see, you cannot disappear. You will be somewhere doing something. Right. There's no, like for instance, you know, the, the, when they say hell, you know, the fires of hell burn, you know, that's, that's an artist's concept. Okay. That's, that's good to know. There's absolutely no such thing as hell. Right. But there is such thing as repeating courses. <laughs> you know, like if you, fail, if you fail at one course, then you come back and repeat. Right. And, I, and you can see, you know, humans doing that for, forever, since the beginning of time. You know, there's always been wars. Why? Because we're a physical universe. It, it, the physical universe was born out of violence, like the a volcano in Hawaii. That's the beginning of the universe. That's what the beginning of the universe looked like. It was a chemical reaction that caused these incredible heat to, to, to melt gold and to create gold. And that's the physical world that we live in, so it's full of violence. There will always be violence in the physical world. But in the spiritual world, nothing but peace. It's the opposite. Right. You know, it's interesting because the, the way you describe it, it reminds me of this feeling I generally have. Like, you know, everyone's like, oh, everything's so fucked up in the world, right? And I'm kind of like, no. Like, it's amazing that not 90% of the planet Earth is on fire. You know, that we're not just all going crazy shooting each other. You know, on every corner. No reason to. But it's it, you. You are you never surprised that it's not more chaotic on planet Earth? No, it, it, it'll come and go. Oh, you think like so? the like the volcano. Yeah, it's always there. The center of the earth, the center of the Earth is is molten. Yeah, it's boiling, and and the volcano is just it found a way up. That's all. Yeah. There's violence going. You, you look in the skies. You know, there's a, there's a, a violence uh, called the black hole. You know, yeah. that black hole that's swallowing, uh, you know. Is that happening right now? Yeah, Jesus. absolutely. There's, they got them all over the place. <laughs> what the fuck? Hasn't but, stopped happening let's get back since the beginning the of time. Let's but, get back to the But <laughs> there was no beginning. But in the spiritual world. Oh, yeah, that's wrong. <laughs> there's a, in the spiritual world, there's no pain. Oh. There's no joy. There just is. There's, it's made of love, by the way. Okay. It made of love. And that's, and that's what propels you in the, in the spiritual world. Do you ever bring this information out on the golf course to yourself? 
Oh, all the time. How does that look? I do uh, what you call Zen golf. Have you ever read that book? Sure, I love that book. He was a guest on the podcast. I love that book. Yeah. And I only, I only have to do one of his exercises. They all work. Yeah. But the seven breaths. He's a Zen golf fan. <laughs> tell, oh, yeah. tell Jeff about the seven breaths. Seven breaths. Before you do cooking. a shot, take seven deep breaths. That's all. I'm before you do anything. <laughs> before you do anything. Yeah. Take seven deep breaths. That's one. Two. See? It takes a while. Three. And then by the time you get to seven, you calm. Everything's calmed down. See? Now you can con Now you're not thinking about the shot that you should have hit, what you should have done. Right. All you can think about now is what you got to do next. I just it takes made you it out of your head. Yeah. 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 Turn I told the, the kid. At, I told the kid at the there was a tournament going on at the uh, at the vets, and I told the kid that. And then when he came around, he, he said, "It worked. It worked." <laughs> Did it really? Yeah, it worked. He's like, I got about four birdies, man. <laughs> he was so Amazing. excited. He was so excited, man. Yeah, we just interviewed Doc. Um, I guess a couple weeks ago, and I got a lot of messages from people saying that they had went out and shot their best round, or <sighs> you know, they bought the book and they were getting better and. It was really exciting. I mean, you know, I think in some ways that's the coolest thing about doing this podcast is it's not just like, eh, it's not a bunch of bullshit. Like, there's actually real things going on. Golf and the spiritual are so connected. Everything, everything about golf it, it relates to our, our, your life and the, and the government, everything. Everything about golf. Because what, you, what you're doing in, with golf is you're visualizing an outcome. This is what you want to do. And that's what you want to do with your life. Right. You know, you want to visualize the outcome, you know. And if you don't, then you'll be hitting the ball in the water. You'll be hitting the ball in the sand. And a lot of times, what, what you do, you say, I don't want to. <laughs> that's why golfers, you, don't, you can't talk to them because you don't want to knock them off their balance. You see, so when you, when you say you're concentrating, you can say you're concentrating, but in the back of your mind, that, that, that sand uh, trap is there and, or that water is there, and sure enough, you're going to hit it right there. <laughs> sure enough, because that's where your mind is. Very easy to go see, there. See, that's why you do the seven breaths. Yeah. And by the seventh time, you, you can't remember that. Seventh time, no, you're looking at the ball, and you look at the hole, and... And you've done this. You hit a good shot, and it's so easy. You go, why can't I do that all the time? Yeah, yeah. You get like that ego that builds up. Oh, this yeah. is yeah, yeah. I'm doing oh, great. Oh, well, this is this is wonderful. Jeff just got started at golf. He played his second round yesterday. Oh, good for you, man. And yeah, a little uh, uneven, but you know, it's getting there. How many good shots did you have? Uh, I would say maybe three. Three. You did. You yeah. Sh you shot a three. <laughs> exactly. Shot I shot it. That's great, man. Tommy That's Chong great. scorecard. I had a rough system. start, if you remember, at the beginning. But then right yeah. after, I hit the ball, went straight ahead. You had a really you know, good one. Was, yeah. No, I was impressed. Do you? Do you? Uh, practice before you go out? Uh, I've been to the driving range quite a bit, but yeah, it's very different on the yet. course because there was like oh, know, totally, a lot of people totally. playing. And but, so what you do when you're at the driving range, just work on, don't worry about how far you hit the ball, but just work on your basics, uh, on, on your foot. There's one trick they, that uh, uh, Carlos told me. He says, it's a habit that all the pros do. They, they, wa they walk behind the ball and they look at the, the target. So they put in their mind what they want. Then they walk up and they place the club down behind the ball. Always be behind the ball, never in front of the ball. Always be behind. 
standing, you put the club down, and then you get the grip, then you s set your feet together first, and then apart, and then you maybe take a couple of practice swings, and then you just let the club do the work. Yeah. And it's amazing. I'm a big fan of lessons. I think I think we should get oh, you a lesson, Jeff. Totally. Oh, absolutely. Venmo yeah, uh, <laughs> at Jeffrey hyphen Friedman. Is that your if, if, Venmo? Yeah. I, was, I swear Jeff to God, if, if you guys can get to the, the vets and, and check out with Carlos, because he's oh yeah, he's so Carlos good. I'll tell you what Carlos does. He he he, give, he wants to give him free to me, and I and I go no no no. I give him twenty bucks every time he gives me a tip. I give him twenty bucks like a tip, you know, and. I'm telling you, he's changed my game. That's great. Yeah. yeah, I like the idea of learning to learn. How, how do you, we, we didn't, I didn't really get the answer to that. Tell me a little bit more about why we're not good at learning. Well, because we're, we're, we're creatures that either live in the, in the, in the future or in the past. We, we're very seldom in the present. Yeah. And, and learning how to learn, you have to be in the present. You have to be here. See, if you look at school, all the, all the good students, there's a little triangle in front of the blackboard. And that little triangle is where all the A students would sit. Because then their concentration is not broken. It's right there, and they're right there. And I so, never sat in that triangle. Yeah, <laughs> me neither. I don't even think I made it into the square. <laughs> <laughs> so so, so it's, it's all about learning how to learn is, is exactly that. That's what it is. You can you can do it with I do it with dancing, because dancing you warm up, and then you practice what you know a little bit, and then you go for something new, something different. You may you want to try something, you do something different. Next thing you know, the lesson's over. And with golf, it's the same thing. You just listen to whatever they tell you, because a lot of times you don't hear what they say. They say, like the grip, for instance, you know, there's, it's so important that you get that, that, that grip. And the grip has to be loose because what you're doing, see, if you tighten up that grip too much, and this is what happens with a lot of pros or a lot of amateurs that go bad, the, the tension of the sport itself causes your hands to clinch. Totally. You know? And when your hands clinch like that there, now you're, you're using strength. And you're not using technique. If you want to learn golf, watch women golf. That's what I watch. Really? Yeah. LPGA, huh? All, all what the do time. You, what do you get out of it? Well, first of all, they're women. Yes. You know, you that, get is, sex that is key. <laughs> you got, Who's you your got favorite? Something. It's Who's a lot better than looking at Tiger, I'll tell you that. Tiger's looks okay, but his no, ass no, has no. gotten huge. Watch women, because they, they don't have the power that men have. And, and you watch, like a guy like Bubba, or, you know, Bubba can hit him a, a mile because of technique. It's all a technique. See what you do, uh, ever play, uh, there's a crack the whip when you run around, send sure. the guy on the end, and then you crack, you know? That, and, and it seems like a punch. A fighter, when they, when they throw a punch, what, what they do, it's not from the, the arm here. It's this here, it's a shoulder. See, the shoulder brings it around, and then the arm is just like a golf club. It's like rotary, like See? pitching or something. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. So well, you use the technique, the technique of, of a golf swing, and that's the same, same thing. You let the, that's why the clubs are weighted, because you want that, you feel that weight of that club come down. 
And see, when you, when you get too anxious, you're ahead of the ball, and that's why the ball goes that way. Because right. your hands and everything are way ahead of the club, club head, and you want that club head to come down right at the right, right time. And when you do it, it's, it's as, like the women. Watch yeah. the women, man. You're making me want to play golf, Tommy. <laughs> make me want to play golf right now. When are you playing golf next? Uh, I had to quit because of my knees. Oh. I, I, I got to strengthen my knees up a little bit. Yeah. Need some rehab. I, I, um, or I tweaked them. I don't know what, uh, doing an exercise or something. But you still putt? Well, I putt all the time. That's great. All the time. I'll show you, when, when we finish this, I'll, I'll show you what I'm talking about. Yeah, let's go get out there and go putt. Any, any other questions, Jeff? Uh, I think that was great. Any Thank questions you, for Tommy. me, Tommy? Any, any, <laughs> any questions for me? The paleo cookies you enjoyed, I see. Are we on? You had your cookies? Yeah, no, we're still going. You, have we have we've been rolling the entire time? <laughs> <You're kidding. laughs> Whoa. <laughs> like real pros, huh? Yeah, yeah. It would be sometimes we actually forget to press record, but I try to I check I used it. To, I usually do that with a video. Right. Ever do that and you follow someone around there and then yeah. you play it back like <laughs> do, do. there's nothing. There's it's nothing. Something you go, oh. I check it every 10 seconds while you're talking. I just look at it every... So it's hard to be in the present sometimes doing the podcast. But thank you for, thank you for uh, being a part of this. Oh, anytime, man. Yeah, anytime. that's great. I hope we get a chance to play golf together when your knee gets better. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, do, you, um, do you play for money? Play, <laughs> do I play for money? <laughs> sometimes. I try not to because it stresses me out a little bit, actually. Oh. Do you like to play for money? No. No. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, just, I don't like to gamble, period. I don't have a lot of money to lose. I'll be totally upfront. Well, you know, gambling is another thing, you know. It's a, it's a way of nature has of evening. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're taking money away from people that shouldn't have it. <laughs> That's nature's way. You know? I like your point but of now view. Now that sports gambling is legal, that's going to happen a lot. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. I, I, I go to dinner with these billionaires, you know, and... and they they can't enjoy themselves. They're looking at their scorecards all the time. Right. <laughs> they, oh, they're not eating. They're just like, what, who's winning? They don't give a shit. You know, they, they got money. How long has gambling been legal? Uh, well, some states, well, federally, <laughs> uh, it's like kind of California and different ones. Well, Mississippi, I think, is the first one uh, to go for it. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, legally, legally that. means yeah. that you're going to get some taxes. Exactly. They right. can take that tax money right out of there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for thanks for joining us, everyone uh, who's listening. Thank you for uh, thank you for listening. And uh, Jeff, why don't you take us home? Thank you for listening. That's it. <laughs> no, you got nothing. Follow, you got uh, you're on Instagram, right? <laughs> you got no bangers. Yeah, yeah. We got uh, Hey Tommy Chung. Is that Tommy Chung? And then I got a Tommy Chung app. Oh, really? That you can uh, flip on, and, and every month, uh, in a couple of hours, I'll probably go do a, do a, an app. And what I do, I just hit it, and uh, and uh, and. I got fans ready to, to see me. This one here. Yeah. Amazing. See? I don't know if I get it. That shows, does Cheech and Lucas, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Green, Green, Lucas, Lucas. Uh, anyway, say, uh, Willie, Willie. Nelson? Willie Nelson. Lucas Nelson. Ah, Lucas. right. And they're, they're playing the game. Anyway, you hit this little camera thing, and then oh, who's on there? Try to reconnect. I'll see if it, I can get... Oh, it's finished. No, it's gone. <laughs> it's it's gone. gone. But that, anyway, that's a little app I got. So if you want to party with me, and I usually you know, just get stoned and... I love it. And talk a little and bit. And what's the app called? 
Just Tommy Chong. There you go. Just Tommy Chong. Do it up. Tommy if you Chong. if you had done it earlier, we we would be you. If if time didn't exist, which it doesn't, <laughs> you could have used the app in the past for the future. Time only exists in the physical world. I agree. That's all. And it, does pod, does, where does the podcast exist? <laughs> in the physical world. So unfortunately, but, it, but it's also <laughs> it's it, it's also in the spiritual world. Yes. It's it is because it does change people's lives. Yeah. Mostly mine. Yeah. A little bit yours, a little bit of Jeff's. Jeff's made a couple dollars. How, how, yeah. long, how long have you been clean? 17 years. Really? Can you believe that? Yeah, I was 20. Yeah, so. It's interesting. It's, really? Yeah, it is. It's interesting. But, uh, and you, are you married? I was. No, I'm also clean of marriage, too. <laughs> <laughs> so... Are you with a lady or a guy? Or? Yeah, I'm with I'm with a lady. I'm with, thank you though. If I, I could, I'm. If you say that I'm gay, that's a compliment because I feel like gay guys are usually more handsome than straight guys. So I'll take that as a compliment, Tommy. Thank only you. Only to gay gay guys. Only to other gay guys. <laughs> no, I am currently heterosexual, and uh, yeah, I've been seeing a girl. Really? We're, on, we're on our fifth date. Well, that's nice. pretty excited for she day. hot. She's gorgeous. Yeah, I figure she's so. beautiful. I figure so. Yeah, she's. Uh, Take you something to get away from the crack pipe. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we just met. We just met, but yeah, she's she's fun. You know what? It's so fun to get to know someone the first, you know, in the beginning, right? It's just so exciting. I was just reminiscing about the feeling that I got when I sat next to a girl for the first time. <laughs> Do you remember right. that feeling? Yeah, it's like whoa. It's so just bizarre. like electric. Oh, feel that that female energy. Oh, and then the first time I put my arm around a girl. Oh, and this was, you know, I mean, I, I, you're, you're, we're not the same age, but I think I'm just on the edge of that age where I did have to call women, girls on the phone, and the line would be busy, and you'd be like, <laughs> uh, then you'd call, and the dad would answer. <laughs> so it's cool to be reminded of that because, because you know, we straddle that. Oh man, oh, I loved it when I when I. I, I, when I discovered girls, I've always been a loner, even though I, I had an older brother. He was three years older than me and a younger sister. But I was uh, kind of a, a in, the, in between, you know, I was a tweener. And, and so I had to discover a lot of this stuff just on my own. Yeah. But I learned one trick. I'd walk to school with real hot girls and, and I'd listen to them. And they would tell you what they like about guys. Interesting. And, and you know, they'd say, oh, he's so cute. Oh, he's such a puke. And, uh, you know, they, it depends. And, and the guy you thought was, oh, he's really handsome. But they said, ugh. <laughs> you know, they right. didn't like him. And the guy you thought was, you know, kind of like a rowdy, you know, bad guy. Oh, he, oh yeah, they like that. They like the, the, they like swagger. The danger, the yeah. dangerous guy. Have you noticed that as you get older, that stuff, uh, it it's almost becomes painfully obvious? Like just is you as a man, like I've, I've noticed at least going through a divorce, like my, um, I guess it sounds weird, but like my level of confidence in situations like that is just like, you know, there's, it's, 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 uh, I feel very confident in all those situations. Oh, sure. Whereas like if I go back, flashback to me as 18, I was like, just like a skinny roach wearing like wet jeans, you know, like, my, my, my first date, <laughs> I was in army cadets and my very first date, I took her uh, roller skating. Right. And I almost killed her. <laughs> <laughs> on the skates? <laughs> Amazing. It was skates that you, 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 you tied on to your, your shoes. Sure. And I had big army boots. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and I'm going around, and, and uh, I could 
roller skate pretty good, but uh, something happened, and bam, I just wiped her out and half the, half the skating right. rink. Well, if you had killed her, you would have gone to jail so much earlier. You yeah. That, that, no. <laughs> no, hard to kill Canadians, man. Hard to kill. Yeah. They're tough. Love Canadians. Do you go back much? Much as I can. Yeah. Much as Great I can. place. Yeah. All right, let's shut this. Let's get out of it. You guys, okay. We're going to leave you with some cookies. Everybody at home, thank you for listening. Tommy, have a great uh, week, weekend, whatever you want. Yeah, well, thanks, man. Take care. Nice to do it. Okay.